Two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox. Coming up on this Wednesday edition, we've got ourselves a bombshell. The Brian Flores lawsuit. All sorts of angles that we will break down and discuss. And some people were not thrilled with some of our opinions on the topic. We're also going to get into Tom Brady's retirement that was ruined. I mean, after a long career like that, we expected a little bit more. Maybe Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger hate this show. We might have proof of that as well, too. We're also going to get into the Jim Harbaugh to the Minnesota Vikings rumors, why it makes sense. Did the groundhog actually see his shadow? The big unveil on the air, including the Washington football team's new team name. And then we're going to talk to the great Petros Papadakis. All of it is coming up next here. Two pros and a cup of Joe and you, Fox Sports Radio. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm a hustler, baby. It's two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. You can hang out with us as always on the iHeartRadio app. You can find us on hundreds of Fox Sports Radio affiliates and wherever you are. Making us a part of your Wednesday. We appreciate you doing so. We will take you all the way up until 9 a.m. Eastern time, 6 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. It's a Groundhog Day. I know you being from PA Lavar, is that a uh, big time uh, day in it's Pennsylvania? It's yeah, it's a real thing. I mean, what do they do that? What is uh, uh, Punxsutawney Phil actually pop out of whatever uh, shoebox they got him in, which is animal Jeez. cruelty, just to see? I'm just wondering. I mean, they got him locked in like a bread box, and he's got to pop out and look at his shadow, and they're going to forecast the you know the future. Uh, just buddy comes man. up out of his hole if he sees his shadow it's it's just like what it's it's less or more i don't even remember because living here you don't worry about that yeah i know i think if he sees his shadow it's more bad weather for a little while longer or or if he doesn't see his shadow yeah it's bad weather for a little while longer if he does see his shadow then things are looking on up and then he walks back into his hole and i'll see you guys next year it's like trying to have a conversation with somebody in alaska about tanning salons you know it's just they they can't really really it's just if you see somebody in alaska with a tan that's that's impressive (laughs) it is especially Uh, if it was a natural tan yeah it is absolutely Uh, speaking of natural tans uh brady quinn uh with us here as well too as we take you on have either of you even been to alaska no no but I've seen I mean, Deadliest Catch. I mean, I'm, I know it's sunny. It's just cold. Yeah. It's not always. And it's cool. dark out for like 25 hours a day, certain times. I want to go to Alaska. I'm fascinated uh, by Alaska. It's also sunny out for like 24 yeah, hours. Yeah. It's an I, amazing I really place. I care less. Do you, do you care, Lamar? No, not at all. <laughs> it's probably not a place that I'll end Very up good. going to in no. my lifetime. No. Um, all right. So, uh, with that being said, uh, happy Groundhog Day to everybody listening. One of the uh, more underrated. Uh, comedy films of all time uh, and then we move on uh, for away from the comedy to uh, this bombshell that was dropped in the NFL uh, yesterday um, you know we were planning all right let's you know make fun of each other for making an over under prediction on Tom Brady and when he announces retirement and of course 20 minutes later he announces it but uh, away we go Brian Flores the former head coach of the Miami Dolphins has filed a class action lawsuit alleging discrimination during the higher process with not only the Giants this year, but the Broncos a couple years ago. Uh, And it goes a little something like this. Uh, The claim against the Giants 
is that they had already planned on hiring Brian Dayball and that uh, Brian Flores was just sort of brought in uh, and as sort of a mock interview, if you want to call it that. And his proof is an interaction with Bill Belichick via text message where Belichick congratulates him on the job, thinking that he's Brian Dayball, not realizing that he's Brian Flores. And so those made its way into the lawsuit as evidence of the Giants already had their guy and he was being discriminated against there. Then there was the uh, the other discussion uh, uh, when it comes to the Miami Dolphins in which the Miami Dolphins, um, he said that Stephen Ross offered to give him $100,000 for every game he lost a couple of years ago uh, because he wanted to tank, uh, that there was reports that the front office was mad that uh, they weren't losing games. Uh, the uh, the report also went on to say, and the lawsuit went on to say that, uh, that uh, he was uh, brought in to meet with a quarterback that was under contract without his knowing on a yacht somewhere in my in South Florida during the winter time. Allegedly, that quarterback was Tom Brady, but but uh, Brian Flores wanted no part of that, and so he was sort of shamed into being looked at as difficult to work with, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Afterwards, he didn't want to play ball with them, uh, and then it goes to the Denver Broncos portion of things, where according to uh, Brian Flores, he showed up to his interview with the Denver Broncos a couple years ago, and it was clear that John Elway's John Elway and others in the front office were hungover from the night before. They were an hour late, etc., 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 and away we go with a bombshell, a class action lawsuit from Brian Flores, who is uh, taking out not only the Giants, but also the Broncos, the Dolphins, and the entire NFL, all of which involved in this uh, have already come out and denied uh, and uh, defended themselves via social media against these allegations. So there's that. All right. All right. It's a little hot potato. Who wants Who it? Who wants right. it? Go ahead. Hot potato. Ahead. You little, want it, Brian? Racism hot potato here. I want to hear I want to hear what LeVar thinks because <laughs> I, I feel like as a middle-aged white guy, no one cares what I think about this subject. I'll, I'll be honest. I'll be real with you. I don't feel like anyone cares like what I have to say about this subject. So I'll start here. For him to file a lawsuit against so many different parties, he clearly believes that he's done in the National Football League. I mean, I'd have to start there. He 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 feels as though he he does not have a fair opportunity. Um, now, to what degree, what capacity, I don't know. Is it is it never a head coach? Is it not a coach at all? I, I'm not certain what it is, but I I almost feel as though that's the first feeling is he's been backed into a corner, and it's something that he loves to do, something that he wants to do that he can't do. And if you're trying to figure out based off of what his resume is in my, and he doesn't have a job right now, what is he basing what is he basing his lack of employment or his lack of opportunities off of? And 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 generally speaking, it's it's always most likely based off of race relations. And and I don't think that that's you know, that's nothing new. That's not a military secret that's been let out. Oh, my gosh, somebody is, is maybe racist or maybe prejudiced, whether that, that is what it is um, that took place. Uh, you know, I, I tend to fall on the side of life is about solutions and problems. And when you find yourself in a problem, you have to be as honest as you can possibly be with yourself first as to what your solutions are going to be. You have to be solution driven because no matter what the problem is, 
if it's your problem, you still have to solve for it. So if it if it does happen to be racism and prejudice that is playing a part in why Flores is in the situation that he's in right now, and he felt strongly enough about it to file a class action lawsuit against these parties, then he must feel like that's his reasoning or the justification of it, and and his solution is to take it to court and stand up for himself in the court of law. I'm not going to sit here and be the one that says that whatever it is he's feeling and what he's going through isn't valid versus valid. I, I think that he's doing what he feel is feels is best for him. And and that's kind of how I, I look at it because the, the whole idea of what racism and prejudice represents, first of all, everybody's prejudice. I mean, that just is what it is. Whether you're prejudiced against one thing or another, everybody has prejudgments. They, they, they're prejudiced of something, whether it's the way you were raised, where you were raised, how you were raised, whatever. If you're spending so much time worrying about what people think about you, you're giving yourself less of an opportunity to get to where you're ultimately trying to go. And I've always looked at things that way. I do not make... I do not make excuses for myself. I do not give myself outs on things that I'm trying to accomplish in my life based off of the color of my skin. And that's just how I approach things. Now, everybody doesn't approach things that way, and it it really has become sensationalized to play the race card. Everything, when it doesn't go right for someone of color, it, it is the race card is brought into it and is brought into play. So for me, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not really close enough to this Flores situation to say one way or the other if he's legitimate or legitimized for what he's doing. Other than to say he feels it's legit. So let's see how it plays out. But for me, yeah. I just I would I, I I would assume that he doesn't believe he has a fair opportunity in the National Football League at this because this is 100 percent a bridge burning act that yeah. that he's doing right. yeah yeah I, I think the thing that you do when you file a civil lawsuit and what he's done is what usually leaks out or what usually comes out is the most damning evidence and of the examples that jonas laid out whether that was the text from bill belichick and i, I guess you can say well bill belichick you know is basically congratulating one brian thinking it was Brian Dable when, in fact, it was Brian Flores and it was before Flores had even interviewed, that's not necessarily racism. I mean, if, you're, if we're really breaking down each of these events, you know, they might have called Bill Belichick about Brian Dable. They might have called and talked to him about Brian Flores. And they might have said to him, hey, we've got a young quarterback who we feel like we've completely botched the last three years, as their owner has publicly stated. And we want to bring in an offensive guy who we feel like can get this kid back on track or at least give him a shot this year to see what he can be. You know, if you look at what Brian Flores did with Tua Tungavailoa, it was awful in regards to his development. You could probably throw him in the category of how the Giants handled things with Daniel Jones, admittedly so, and how that's worked out so far. Brian Flores falls in that category. Jerking him in and out of a starting lineup. You know, and, and replacing with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Then this past season, the, the comments that were made the entire year. And you got Deshaun Watson kind of out there looming. 
So when you look at it all, the fact that they had to vet the coaches that they're interviewing and that they pro- and Bill Belichick probably got the sense that Brian Dable was the guy, it doesn't mean that Bill Belichick's ultimately deciding who's going to be their head coach and him, him saying, hey, congratulations, you know, it, it sounds like you're going to get the job, however it works. That, that's not the, like, the stamp of approval. I mean, it was the last time with Joe Judge. I mean, if you look at how that worked out with Joe Judge, he wasn't even close to the favorite or a guy that they had really contemplated until he interviewed. He went into that, knocked out the interview, and then after the fact, when they talked to Belichick, they're like, yeah, this, this guy's the guy. And that obviously didn't work out two years later. So I, I think they're more looking at this from what's best for their quarterback, maybe what's best for their team right now at this point in time moving forward, going from a guy who was a special teams coach who kind of you know had a hard time with the media, hard time making sure he, he kept his team playing for him, versus a guy who I mean, he's got glaring examples of missteps as how he handled Tua. So why would you want to be bringing that to the New York Giants? And so I don't know that the text message exchange demonstrates racism in any way. You know, the, the fact that Stephen Ross wanted to pay him $100,000 every loss. <laughs> that's the So one. they'd have the number one overall pick. <laughs> that's not racism. No, that's a whole different yes. issue. If you've got an owner that's who wants narcissism. to pay. <laughs> yeah. If, you would, if you've got an owner who wants to pay a guy to be able to, to lose to them, be able to get the number one overall pick, I would assume if he's signing up for that, he's not falling on the sword too. And they're saying, oh, we've got to move on from this head coach, right? But that's still not an instance of racism. But he could try to turn it that way. It could be, it could be it does, manipulated it it's that not, way. It's not. It's not. That has nothing to do. That could have been any head coach. It could have been. It could have been any head coach. It just happened to be him in that position. And the reality is it was more about who they were trying to draft and not, necessi- not necessarily, which, by the way, look how that's worked out. You know, right now you got the you know, Cincinnati Bengals. It would have been Joe Burrow. You have the Cincinnati Bengals now playing in the Super Bowl two years later. <laughs> Yeah, but and another thing is with the Denver Broncos and that situation. I mean, it's going to be a a Broncos word versus Brian Flores word. I, I don't know how you prove at least what's been put out there publicly how the, how that's racism that he's looking at them thinking, all right, they came in after all night bender. I mean, okay, I, I, I you know their 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 accounts are completely different. They've denied it completely. I, I don't know how you prove him saying he's looking at oh, this guy feels like he's there's drunk. They've been out all night. First off. I mean, if anyone knew how the Denver crew had kind of operated, that could have been every single guy they interviewed. I mean, it's like you think it was bad for Flores. Look I've how big Fangio was John when we hired him. Before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I've been at the Pro Bowl with John Elway before. <laughs> yeah, and like, I, I got to hey. tell you, I mean, John Elway knows how to have a good time. He I don't knows know how to was, get after it. I don't like, know you if think he was that was how Flores interview went. Wait till you see Vic Fangio. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just but, saying, you know, just for that. So my thing is, it's like if that's – really what the evidence is if, that, if that's the evidence that's out there what's being circulated publicly i think it's gonna be you're gonna have a hard time proving racism or discrimination in that case and and he's gotta he's gotta have a bunch of correspondence or he's gotta have some damning evidence of that and the reason why he does a class action is obviously you can get guys like david coley or guys like Stephen wilkes uh both who are fired after one year you can get other coaches to jump on board uh, and help support him in this. And so it's not, you know, a scenario where we're looking at Brian Flores all alone trying to basically carry 
you know, that the weight of all minority coaches that are ever interviewing for head coaching jobs, right? Like they're trying to get other head coaches to be a, a part of this. And maybe you bring in more light and more evidence, you know, have, filing a civil lawsuit, lawsuit they're going to have to go through discovery. And that's the last thing any NFL team doesn't, you know, wants to do. Hence the John Gruden issue. That's one of the reasons why they end up settling there. So I, I don't know that this goes very far. I, I think they might you know, end up settling this thing before it's all said and done. Otherwise, the NFL would be subject to a, a bunch of emails and correspondence and stuff coming out that they probably don't want it seeing the light of day. But I think that that's what, what the court of public opinion, this lawsuit has to be considered to be you're going after the court of public opinion. So whether the logic of it is you can't look at it as this is racism in any way, it's still it's still the court of public opinion that will say, oh, this is racism. And and whether and, and what you're saying is is correct. You don't want you don't want to have to go into, you know, what discovery is and, and what may or may not be there or something that could pop up. So you are going to you, you probably are going to settle. It. And if you do settle it, then that is that is a, almost a form of of legitimacy of what his claim is if it never had to go to court. But again, my point would be, what's the ultimate end? You know, by doing this, you get you get a settlement. What is that settlement for? I, I could imagine it's not going to be for for a crazy amount. Did, did the, they the disclose the amount? Hundred million. Hundred million. Well, uh, I mean, if you settle for half of 50, that, I mean, maybe yeah, that's not maybe that's not bad. It's uh, two two pros and a cup of Joe here. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. Uh, Coming up next, uh, if you are on uh, either side of the uh, Brian Flores controversy and the quote-unquote bombshell that dropped yesterday... Uh, we got some bad news for you. There is uh, some new information that has come out that does not look good for one side of things. We will get into that for you next here on FSR. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Two pros and a cup of Joe, Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. Uh, Coming up uh, later on this hour, uh, it is pretty obvious that um, two all-time great players hate this show. They hate this show. They are out to get this show, and we are going to get into all the details of that coming up here uh, later on this hour. So a little bit over, really? uh, yeah, a little about uh, a little over ten minutes from it's now. It's got to be because of you and Brady. Uh, yeah, it's um, it can't yeah. be me. Yeah, it's just hey. uh, yeah, it's just you know, there's a lot going on. I just had to throw that one out there. Um, so, uh, but if it is me, I'll whoop their ass, whoever it is, <laughs> so both here, of them. Here's uh, here's a little something for you on the Brian Flores situation. We were talking uh, to open up the show, so he is. Uh, you know, filing a class action lawsuit against the Dolphins, the Giants, the Broncos, and the NFL. Uh, their hiring practices uh, pointed out, um, you know, first day of Black History Month. Uh, they wanted to make it be known that uh, there is still this issue going on uh, in the NFL. Uh, the Bill Belichick text, uh, you know, confusing him and Brian Dayball, uh, congratulating him when uh, Flores hadn't even gone in for a second interview, et cetera, et cetera. And there's a lot of different angles to each of these. Uh, situations, but uh, this one uh, is interesting. Mike Kliss of uh, in Denver, of News 9 in Denver, uh, who's been covering the Broncos uh, or 9 News, whatever, who's been covering the Broncos uh, for a long, long time, does a, a really good job. Uh, he had this to say uh, late last night. Um, these were the quotes from Brian Flores 
to Denver media prior to a November 2020 game, which the Dolphins were in Denver to take on the Broncos, talking about his interview with the Broncos, which he said that John Elway and company were hung over for in the interview and were an hour late. Uh, he talked about, uh, quote, it was just great for me doing my own background and work to learn more about the Denver Broncos and the history and the Bolin family and the great history that they have there as an organization. I was excited to interview with them. I thought it went well. It was just great to meet the executives there and spend more time. I think Vic's a great coach. They've got the right coach and the right people in place. It's a talented team. That's for sure. It was a good experience for me personally which is strange because if somebody showed up hungover i don't know how that would be such a good experience yeah, but you're not going to say that that at that point in time so he's lying so he's lying somewhere I mean, is it then or now coaches lie all right people I, lie I just, okay here's here here's then this is how this works in a civil lawsuit he's got his side and everyone else that he's suing within the nfl is their side and, and to jonas's point that's the problem is you got to be able to prove what he's trying to prove in this, this lawsuit. And, and I think it's – look, if, if he feels like he's been discriminated against, you know, if you're going to make these sort of allegations, because as we said in the first segment, I mean, th- this is career suicide, so you can look at it as brave and courageous because of what he's looking to take on on behalf of all minority head, head coaches or potential head coaching candidates. But there's another side to it of saying like – Man, you better have a lot of evidence. You, you can't just say, like, well, this is how I feel. you, you got to have proof of it. And, and that's the problem is, is when you make a public statement, you can't then turn back on it and go, well, yeah, I had to lie then because, you know, I wasn't at a point in time where I could really tell you how I feel. Well, how's that going to work out in a court of law? Not well. <laughs> I mean, if you now that jury, only discredits your character. So that's the problem with all this is, and even the Stephen Ross stuff, which I know is getting a lot of play, and everyone's like, oh, you know, th- this, is, this could mean he's going to have to sell the team. It's like, really? Was anyone saying about the Colts when they tanked for Andrew Luck? Oh, 100%. I mean, it was as blatant as, as could be. Now, they didn't entice the coach with $100,000 per game he lost, but the reality is we've seen other franchises do this in sports, not even just that. And everyone's making a big deal about that. Like, forget forget the lawsuit. Stephen Ross may lose the team. How? I mean, what are they just going to take it from? He'll get a huge penalty or fine if they can prove it. But if, And if he was dumb enough to put it into writing in an email or a text message and they have it, yeah, he could probably face a hefty fine. I don't know how to force him to sell just because the guy was trying to get, you know, one player in the draft that's so far proven to be every bit as advertised as a number one overall pick. I just, you know, I'm not sure that leads to uh, an owner losing a team. I'm not sure that's the route you go there. I just, I, I still think when you're talking about jobs and and trying to trying to get over the threshold of getting a job, we all know, uh, at least some of us know how difficult it is to get certain jobs, and it's difficult to get a job as a head coach in the National Football League no matter what your racial uh, background is. That's just, it's only 32 of them. Uh, but again, when it comes down to the courts, to me, the, uh, it, what jumped out at me was they, they were demanding a, uh, a jury for, for the trial if it were to go to trial. So to me, yes, they do need to prove it. Yes, he does need to make sure that his information is what it is, but it also is trying to pick the right jurors 
to sympathize with what it is. There are a lot of people who have fabricated the truth to make sure that they they are acceptable or are are looked at in a favorable manner in certain situations, whether they like the situation or not, whether they felt good about the situation or not. None of us are are void of ever having done that. I mean, I've met people that I've been nice to that I thought were pieces of S. And and you know what? Thanks. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. How'd you know? Um but 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 at the end of the day, I'm not I'm not going to show my hand. I'm not and, and if if people want to say that that's him lying, um whatever. I mean it, it is what it is. I'm I don't think that it's about a pal on, on Flores if he feels the way that he feels in this situation. I think that it's more about him trying to to feel I guess what whatever it is he's trying to feel by taking this action because he's been made to feel a certain type of way in the conditions or in the the situations that he's found himself in. So I think that that's a personal thing, but I, I think it also comes back to he is going to with that personal thing, he is going to appeal to something that applies to a certain demographic, a cer- certain racial group of people. And if that works, if if some way somehow all the all the the things fall in place for him and he does get a jury that has a sympathetic eye or understanding of what his plight may be, then he has a chance. Now, and that's a that's a situation where the the people that are being sued by him have to take a look at whatever it is that they're risking, how good they feel about winning the cases, how far do they want to go with this? But again, what is the ultimate end? For me, we could talk all day about what racism and what prejudice represents, how present it is in the National Football League. Is is his final, is his real reasoning for this to bring more awareness to it? Is that what he feels he's doing? I would be curious to know what his ultimate end is for doing this because to me, that's the bigger conversation here rather than saying I'm bringing awareness to racism or I was, I was you know, I, I was discriminated against. Those things we know exist, and they exist with a lot of different things. It could be a woman, right? It could be a different racial racial group. I mean, my God, let, let's talk about a Mexican person trying to to be in in uh in the National Football League, or or an Asian person that's that's trying to make their way into the to the National Football League. You, you know. It's always easy to go back to, well, the representation of players on the field is majority, you know, black people that that are on the field. And you would be correct. But that doesn't justify that doesn't justify being racist or prejudiced towards another racial group because they're not represented as much on the football field. So uh, we all agree that the Rooney rule, whatever the intent was, it's gotten skewed in in a way that it's just kind of that that there are these sort of sham interviews right now. The hard part about right now is, yeah, it looks it looks like it hasn't been effective. However, since it was first put into place, it has done a number of things. It has increased the amount of minority head coaches. Now, again, this this hiring cycle this past year is a bad example of that right now. Um, but if you look at the data, it has helped that. It has helped young coaches, uh, minority coaches, obviously have a chance to interview. Now, you might be putting them in a tough spot where you're interviewing a guy to your point just to interview the guy. 
but the reality is it's it still is good experience. I just think we've gotten to a point now where I don't even know if you need it because I think public perception of these teams is when – I mean, we're hearing who they're interviewing. And so if, if they have to make public or if they make public who they're interviewing, you have a pretty damn good idea of, of how they're following – you know, or if they're trying to be more inclusive in the manner in which they interview and the manner in which they hire. So, you know, there, there has been some good from it, but, I, but to your point, like I almost wonder if you took it away, if that would put more pressure on teams to make sure they look at a diverse group of candidates and, you know, try to be more inclusive in how they go about hiring because there is no, you know, rule that, that forces you to do that or that box you just got to check to check it. It'd be interesting to see how that will work out, but I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think we're going to, you know, walk, walk the Rooney rule back only because it has it has been effective. We're just we're looking in a vacuum now where unfortunately it, it hasn't worked out quite as well. If we're being honest, if we're being honest, if whoever you are, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, if you have built a business, and mo- a lot of these 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 teams are owned by families family businesses, if you have a privately owned business and you've built a business, chances are you are going to do things how you want to do it, why you want to do it, in the way you want to do it. You're going to hire who you want. You're going to show favoritism to who you want. I do it every day. I work to create business every day that if my children choose to do something different in life, great. But if you don't, then you have something to come to. And you know what? I will hire my child and make a position for my child. I will have something for my children before I hire you. I will have it prepared for them before I hire you. And I will not apologize about it. I won't feel a certain type of way about it because last I checked, anybody who's listening to me right now, you're not helping me pay my bills. You don't pay my bills for me. So I don't owe you anything, and you don't owe me anything. We get so sensitive and we get so caught up into why I didn't get this chance or why I didn't. For me, for me, when we look at situations like this, again, I said it earlier, it's easy to sensationalize treatment especially in an environment where everybody's paying attention to that in particular that specific approach in particular so if you're sitting here saying that oh they didn't give me a fair opportunity to to get the job or oh there's not enough inclusion oh the Rooney rule listen these owners have a privately owned company which means they can do what they want to do. Ultimately, these rules that we're talking about are rules that they're creating. They have a governing arm, a 501c3 in the National Football League that governs the arms that own the for-profit businesses. And they they, they take that, and, and it's for public relations' sake to say we have the Rooney Rule. But make no mistake about it, if they see somebody who they want to hire, they see somebody that they like, it's a personal decision, it's a personal feeling. If I want to do inclusion and I want to hire minorities, then that's what I'm going to do. 
if I don't want to hire minorities and I want to hire a white Caucasian male that reminds me of somebody that I like or somebody I can relate to, somebody I like to have as a drinking buddy that I come in the next day and I'm, I'm a little hungover, that's what they're going to do. So figure it out. Stop acting like, 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 uh, I want to say the word, but I'm not going to say it. Stop acting like, like this victim mentality is going to some way, somehow magically change the circumstances because they're not, they're not. Let me give you a reality check. It's not going to change the circumstances. So now the solution based side of you should be, how do I change the circumstances? How do I change my what my outcomes are going to be? Focus on your outcomes. I don't know what Flores's outcomes are going to be. I don't know what this represents to him doing this lawsuit. But what I do know is to, to blame it or say it is based upon racism in this scenario. To me, to me, you're not going to change what this is through a Rooney rule. You're not going to change it at all. The only way it changes is the people that are in the decision-making chairs positions want to change it if they want to hire more minorities then that's what they're going to do accept it and try to figure out how you best have 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 navigation through it because ultimately that's the conversation that has to have because you're not going to make the court force you force these people in a privately owned business to hire somebody they don't want to hire and if you were in that position, you wouldn't want the government or the legal system to force you to do something that you've built and you privately own to, to make decisions that you don't want to make. That's ultimately what it comes down to. Two pros and a cup of Joe here. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox. Coming up next, there was a big announcement uh, in the world of sports yesterday, but we'll tell you why it wasn't that big of a deal. And there's a lot of people that probably won't be thrilled with this. That's yours next year on FSR. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. Coming up top of next hour, a little over 10 minutes from now, we are going to get into a uh, story in which two all-time greats hate this show. We might have direct, actual evidence that all-time greats hate this show. We'll get into that for you top of next hour here on FSR. Right now, though, it's time for something we do every single day at this time called this. Sometimes you can't get to everything in the world of sports or entertainment. Good thing the guys are here to bring you in case you 
missed it. And for that, we turn it over to the great and powerful Lee DeLap. Uh, music not necessary, DeLap. apparently, but it is uh, Lee DeLap, who is with us here. Lee, somewhere underneath all this loud, boisterous music underneath this segment here. That's right, you guys. Well, we officially have an announcement with Caleb Williams, who has decided to join Lincoln Riley in Southern California, and he's going to transfer to USC. Big time, Brady. Caleb Williams just picked his destination. Big time. I, mean, uh, I don't really understand why this is such big news. <laughs> did, did anyone think that he was going to go anywhere else? Yeah, Eastern Michigan. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was going to happen. Yeah, was Charlie Bass going to get him at Eastern I, Michigan? I thought he was going to go to Jackson State. Uh, oh, wait, wait. Man. Shador, Wisconsin, Shador's still there. They made a strong bid, too. I mean, I, I, can't wait I, I don't to get, get it. I can't wait to get Petros' thoughts on this. Because he has talked about how USC – no longer cares about winning games. They care about celebrating wins in the offseason, and this yeah. is the prime example of that. Well, the a lot of sports boys. teams are oh, that way. God, Ca- Caleb Williams is a good player. Now, I, I, I would say this. The more he played and the more we got to see him in person, the more you saw some flaws within his game. You know, we were there in Waco for them playing Baylor. Wasn't a good game for him. He struggled mightily. So, um, it, it's look, the Pac-12 should be – should be a cakewalk for Southern Cal. But one of the things that's interesting about Southern California fans celebrating Caleb Williams is, yeah, you're excited about it. He gets to be paired up, you know, with his, you know, former head coach, you know, current head coach. But their issue has never been quarterbacks and wide receivers and even running backs to a degree. It's it's been in the trenches. You don't have those guys anymore. You don't have the guys up front on defense. You don't have the guys up front on the offensive line. And you're not getting those guys. Like, I'm sorry. That's been the biggest issue for them. I've talked to Petros about this for a while. Like, go look at Alabama's D-line, O-line. Go look at Georgia's. Go look at any other schools that have been playing it at Ohio State, Notre Dame, even Oklahoma when they were making runs. They had a year where they had, like, four of their five guys all drafted. That's not Southern Cal. Well, you guys talked about it. LeVar mentioned uh, being on the sidelines for Penn State, Iowa, being there and seeing the size of those guys. (laughs) It's just a humbling moment. Uh, Okay, to his point, though, that's not Southern Cal. Yeah, You don't walk down and look at their offensive and defensive line and go, oh, my God, look out for these guys. (laughs) I mean, I I, I remember walking into Ohio State's practice and being like, and then Grant, this is when Chase Young was there. Oh, my gosh. But I was looking at him going, what? They look like an NFL team. Like, these are grown-ass men. They look like WWE men. (laughs) Yeah. Holy moly. That defensive line that year, Chase was there. I was, they just look different, man. Like, (laughs) just look different. Like, oh. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I know we live in a social injustice moment right now on this show and all that stuff, but at the risk of sounding horrible, them dudes from Iowa look like they needed nose rings, man. Like the the joints that bulls be having where you got to control the bull by grabbing that big old nose ring. Them dudes were so big and the slava and snot coming out of their noses and their mouths and, and the way they look, bro, like I just couldn't understand how I ever played ball. 
and had to deal with dudes <laughs> like that. Oh, That's man. How, and, and, and if you got them dudes, you got a chance. Yeah, but they don't need that. They got Caleb Williams. Oh, all all as well in, uh, in USC. Well, you got a sniper now. Uh, what else we got, Lee? You guys, the Cincinnati Public School District has put out a tweet announcing that Monday, February 14th, will be an off day for staff and students who will have the day off to celebrate what they believe will be their city's first ever Super Bowl victory. Oh, wow. Oh, that's a terrible I like idea. That. I like that. I think that's a terrible idea. Is that more for the staff or more for the students? The yeah. staff who haven't seen their team play in the well, Super Bowl since 88. I mean, well, either way, we know this about the Cincinnati fan base. No one, and I mean no one in the NFL, consumes more alcohol than the Bengals fans. Okay. That is proven. That's documented. That's not an allegation. It, that is the truth. So either way, they're going to be drinking and probably hungover. Right, here's, here's why I think this is a terrible idea. Brady, you've said this on the show before, that um, – during the holidays, especially Christmas morning, uh, if you got after it a little bit on Christmas Eve, what do your kids not care about the next morning? They don't care if you're hungover. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know people are going to be hungover the day after the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Those kids aren't going to care about your hangover. I mean, some I of mean, these people are hungover on regular days of the week. Like, yeah, and, and, that, and all that's fair. On. Like, all, just be real. But normally those kids are at school, and now yeah. they got to actually take care of these kids because of uh, the, the school district. Yeah, how dare they? they? Send them to school, all right? Like you, you'll, you'll explain it later on uh, when you know when they've got uh, you know barf running down their leg uh, because they've uh, got after it a little bit the night before. All right, I just think we got to look out for the well-being of these adults. Barf running down their leg. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.